Anyway, I feel like this is long enough, and I look forward to learning about other people's shithole destinations around the globe. And to those heading to Broome, don't. Or if you live up there, Godspeed. <laughs> While everyone else has buggered off, we haven't. Jay and Dunk's summer of Not For Radio. Hello there. Welcome to Not For Radio, the summer edition, uh, 4th of January. Good to have you with us. Gordon McInnes, uh, great message from him. I've been meaning to um, read this one out, and it's for car enthusiasts, this one. And then we'll get on to a bit of shit chat about first cars and stuff, because... Um, We've both got some funny stories off the back of it. Now, he gives, he says, A yarn for you lads. I was a self-confessed boy racer, but would only race on quarter on a quarter mile against mates or people. Who is this guy? He's from fucking Fast and Furious. What are you, Vin Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> only race quarter mile at a time. Um, or people yeah, I live who, my life quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or people who thought they could beat me. So anyway, my two mates had more money than me. One of his parents brought him uh, to the showroom to buy a brand new Subaru, Subaru WRX STI, the Turbine one. And the other mate bought a brand new RX-8 from the showroom. He's got rich friends. Yeah. Both quick cars. Yeah, which left me keeping up short. So I stripped a car for a mate, and he gave me the engine and gearbox and wiring loom, etc. So I built a car in my driveway to beat them. Sick. What a legend. Yeah. It was a stripped-out two-seater car that had the world-famous CX-20 XE engine. Engine designed by Cosworth. It's 150-brake horsepower um, standard. So I did a few mods, as you do. And it ended up being about 200-brake horsepower. I beat a lot of cars in it due to the... Uh, power-to-weight. Yeah, power-to-weight ratio which all the drag drivers will understand. Well, I dragged both cars for the win, and since then, their so-called mates have stopped speaking to me. (laughs) The old stocky's not cutting the mustard. (laughs) The thing is, they helped me build the drag car, as they said, no no way it'll beat us. But as uh, I said, I dragged their asses down the quarter mile, and I won with a serious gap in great times. Forgot to say, the two-litre 16-valve engine ended up in an Opel Corsa, Hence the power-to-weight ratio, uh, which is a, what's that, like a Holden Astra yeah. equivalent, I think, for the Kiwi and Aussie um, listeners. The thing blew off the speeder at 160 mile an hour and was still Shit. able to accelerate past the 160 mile an hour in the clocks. Incredible. That's impressive. I've got a, a real uh, respect for people that have uh, that mechanically inclined, particularly uh, young bucks, I think it was something that w- just went absolutely begging, probably in the eighties. Like prior to that, people used to do in New Zealand in particular. Before the adv- advent of Japanese imports, a lot of people had motorcycles, a lot of people had cars, and everything was quite expensive. So everyone was fairly mechanically minded and would work on all their own shit. But now. It's just kind of like take it somewhere and plug it in. My old boy, when he was 14, uh, lived rurally, grew up on a farm as well, and drove past there as a Mori Fowl. Morris Minor, you know, they just look like a kind of like a Vita beetle, but bigger. Mm. Uh, people that love Morris would be like, fuck it, fuck it. It's nothing like it. <laughs> anyway, so he dragged it out of the next door neighbor's paddock, said to him, how much do you want from the next door neighbor? He goes, you'll be doing me, um, you'll be doing me a service taking this thing out. And the old boy had a, he grew up on the farm that had a big implement shed, concrete floor, uh, and a working pit so that you could go in underneath it because one, like his, 
Like my granddad had that in his shit. Yeah, that's cool. oh, sick. It was real common. Yeah, and then they just for whatever reason disappeared. Hedgehogs always fall into them, and they'd all be fucking jammed in like all the oil down there. So much easier doing an oil change with one of those instead of putting your jack under the side of the car and rolling under it, wondering at what point you're going to lose your life instead of spending yeah. 130 dollars on an oil change. <laughs> yeah, on a on a gravel driveway on a slope. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so he got this. He got this Marathi. stripped it, basically um, sandblasted it back to bare metal, primed the whole thing up, and would work as a fourteen-year-old. As a like, think of a fourteen-year-old kid that you know now, and just tell me that they would even come fucking close to this. Self-taught, no internet. Basically, bought a manual from a service station and started building this thing back up. He got a flathead V8 engine to put into it. And then after a while, was like the flathead's just not cutting it, so he got a 350 Chev, and he had to cut the chassis rails. If you're not into cars, this would be a shit chat, but cut the chassis rails at the front and squeeze it out. He made his own basically sway bars so that it, you know, wouldn't twist the car out. Pinch this, pinch the frame, jam this thing in it, and cut the firewall back. Basically, put the pedals on the floor because that's how much space this thing took up. Mm. And it went like the fucking clappers. Heat it up and cut his own springs so that it wouldn't be, it would be sweet. And then this is over the space of like three or four years. And then when he was about seventeen, he's like, right, I'm heading off to the UK. So he sold it to this bloke who just fucking chopped the power pole in half, literally halfway up the power pole, coming like round the roads and oh uh, my god, in the back of Tiarua. Do I need to ask how he feared out of that? Yeah, sweet, because the thing was bomb-proof, so he just fucking pegged a power pole in half and ended up in someone's paddock and walked away from it like, fuck. Was that a wooden power pole, too? Yeah. Fuck, they're the ones you don't want to hit, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, the um, that was lost on me. What can you well, – I, I understand how they get there. Like, I've had mates that have been like that growing up, and because it's kind of the uh, – like, the not knowing and then pulling something apart and then figuring out how it works, yeah. people get a real kick out of that, and then obviously putting it back together again and being like, fuck, yeah, I'll put it back together and it still works. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of that, and I reckon that was due to the fact that if you don't have money or or you'd rather spend your money on piss, uh, yeah, <laughs> then you'll learn how to do something cheaper. Like, I changed the gearbox in a Honda Civic. I mean, I was, this is when I lived in Auckland. Um, what else did I do? I, and that was off YouTube. There was a 20-minute video on how to change uh, the gearbox in an EK Honda Civic. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give this a go. Managed it. Sweet as. I think I just bought the gearbox for 220 bucks. I'll trade me. Imagine how much I would have got charged if I went to the mechanics for that. Yeah, well, that was that was back in the day. We did three engine replacements on an Escort that I had using the front end loader of our of our tractor. Yeah, me. Yeah, and it was on a dirt floor shed at the farm. Like it was always fucking messy, I and did, then it eventually ended up being a, like a Fred Flintstone car. Like the all the floor plans rusted out of it. But that same thing. Like that's that's how I learned how to do soldering and wiring because you'd get some shitty reactor subs and a couple of six bonines and a couple, mate. I had six in the Honda Civic. <laughs> Going the wrong way so I could squeeze him in on the parcel tray. Fuck Just yeah. Structural kid, integrity gone. There was a kid. Yeah, don't worry about that. There was a kid in our um, high school that turned up one day. You know when you, everyone's trying to do modifications to their cars growing up and they're like, yeah. fuck, I'm going to put some tints on to myself, get the credit card out and make it. Who has a credit card? Yeah, just, just, just a library get, card. Just getting a, bit of, a couple of bits of PVC pipe. I'm going to cut them out and make some, you know, just spoiler kit around the whole thing. Just fucking bog the shit out of it. It just looks like a wedding cake a made by a weirdo. bloke called Zane turned up, not even lying, with a Milo. You know the big, like, Milo tins? Yep. With exhaust. a real big one and as an ex- chrome exhaust. <laughs> he was like, I was like, oh, bro, sick. He's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, the number of people that just cut their exhausts off just before the muffin. And we'd be like, oh, man, they were so loud, eh? Mm. 
Um, I mean, we chatted about first cars before. I think I was borrowing my sister's cars, but the Honda Civic was just the yeah, that was my first car. That was yeah. The real pride and joy for me, I bought a 67 XR station wagon, which was like something off the set of Once Warriors, all like uh, prime it up, but, you know, black and grey, like, you know, like not camo, just... Camo if your parents let you drive around in there. Well, I didn't drive around in it for long. Uh, <laughs> so I, I grabbed it and was like, I'm going to strip this bad boy down. This is going to be hard, real man. It's going to be semi-grease landing. Parked in the shed, stripped the whole thing apart, started fucking grinding shit off and then got bored and was like... Yeah, I can't be fucked with that anymore. Well, now it's grease not working ever again. Yeah, and then it's, yeah, it got sold to the next door neighbour on the farm next to us. Uh, I've got a couple of um, um, reviews for you to wrap up today's podcast. Um, and this one here, uh, oh, maybe you can read the first one actually. Yeah. It's from Roger Spartacus Antel. That's a sick ass name, Roger. He went to a pub and decided to write a review because he was, wasn't too pumped with how it rolled mm. out. And, uh, and Roger's from Wales. Uh, should we say the name of the? Should we say the name of the the place? No, nah, maybe not. Nah. Okay, so this is from a local pub here in Wales. Wales. Okay, had a meal here this evening. We arrived and were promptly seated to any table we liked from the three staff who grunted at us when we arrived. <laughs> Finding a seat next to the bar, we then waited in the hope of a drink or even, God forbid, a menu to no avail. At risk of disrupting their chats or gins, I approached the bar where I was informed that the menus are over there somewhere. I ordered some soft drinks and then got ready to explore the back room for the menu. And there they were, a laminated piece of A4 glistening in the moonlight. I took them back to our table, then thought, there, where are the drinks? Looking up, I saw them on the bar waiting for me to collect them. <laughs> it was going well. Assuming that I uh, would have to order at the bar, and yes, I was right, I approached the bar to disturb them yet again. Apparently the wife is away, so limited menu. Maybe should have told us that when we arrived, but hey-ho, two pies, Barman, don't spare the horses. <laughs> Two pies. Is this a nickname for him? <laughs> no, that's all I've got. Oh. Thank God the wife hadn't taken the microwave because food was quickly delivered. She may have to leave some instructions next time, though, because the pies arrived hotter than the surface of the sun. <laughs> also had a hard crust on both, which I imagine is hard to do. Well, I never managed it. But at least they were both consistent, so credit where credit is due. No one came to ask how's the meal or even clear the plates away. So all in all, we seated ourselves, found our own menu, condiments and cutlery, collected our own drinks. <laughs> the only thing we didn't do was wash the plates, to be fair. <laughs> and that was, a, that was touch and go if we'd, stayed long, <laughs> if we'd stayed any longer. Honestly, one of the worst dining experiences I've ever had. Do not go to this pub I will never go back or recommend it to anyone, even if they're awful. Isn't it funny? Because my head goes to all that stuff. I'm like, eh, you know, fuck it. People have got different expectations of what to expect from a pub. I just go, I bet they're good day drinkers. I wouldn't mind day drinking. People are supposed to be working <laughs> drinking gins. <laughs> I, depending on what it is, like there is expectation, particularly overseas when there's there's tipping involved. Mm. Man, there's night and day. And and you would just brutalise them. My in-laws are just and they'll make because if you in the states particularly if you're like oh here's 10 percent, they'll come back and like and front you and just go uh, what was the problem like how did you not communicate this to me during the service it's like well we tried we tried to but you were just fucking miserable so there you go 10 percent, and they're like get the fuck out of my restaurant oh man such an awkward i, yeah. I just sit there yeah. just doing the old imaginary golf swing like <laughs> 
Here's one from one of our snipers, Dylan Hampton. He sent this through. All right, team, let's call this segment Shit Places Not to Visit. So roughly 12 months ago, the decision was made to spend Christmas in Broome in Western Australia. Great place. Mother of Pearl shows galore. For those who are unaware, Broome, take a map of Australia, cut it into thirds, and the left piece of the pie is Western Australia. The northern part uh, of the cut is like the fucking Carolina Reaper of the world. <laughs> As if the lower part, aka Perth, wasn't hot enough, let's add 400% humidity. <laughs> I shit you not, as soon as you walk outside, your dirty dogs fog up like the inside windows on the panel van on that beautiful night back in 19. 1960, when your mum and dad took a ride up the hill and dad had a twinkle in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> to say this place is like an oven is too polite. It's more like a fucking air fryer on high heat. And if you thought you could head down to the ocean to cool down, eh, wrong. Unless you feel like getting eaten by, that's right, fucking saltwater crocodiles or stung to death by a lethal jellyfish. <laughs> That's okay, let's head down to the hotel swimming pool. If you're expecting that refresh, refreshing, cool swimming pool to cool you down, you guessed it. Eh, nah, bowl. you could cook a pack of meagoring noodles in this shit. <laughs> Back to the hotel room, at least we have aircon. Well, remember when we said we went at Christmas? Well, that's when people shut up shop, right? Yep, even the aircon couldn't take the heat in this hellhole, and now we were stuck with no aircon no, and no staff to fix the issue. Let's head into town again. Nicey cold bevy, eh? Did I also mention this is one of those places that has a wet season or a cyclone season? What this means is my pedigree chums is 95% of everything shuts down in the town, leaving you with fuck all to do except wander the empty streets of the air fryer. <laughs> if you want a cushy job, I'll tell you what to become. A weather reporter for broom. Monday, hot as fuck. Tuesday, hot as fuck. <laughs> Wednesday, you guessed it, hot as fuck. <laughs> 40 degrees, but with the humidity, it actually feels like 85 degrees. The only two things you could do in the wet season of Vindaloo Town is ride the dirty and stinky fuck, stinking fucking camel or go to the alligator park. But at this point, I feel like it would have just been easy to jump the fence at the alligator park and end it all right now. Anyway, I feel like this is long enough and I look forward to learning about other people's shithole destinations around the globe. And to those heading to Broome, don't. Or if you live up there, Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> what a you'd great be, human! You'd be in the UK right now, and you'll be staring out the window, and I'd be pissing with rain, and you would have seen fucking twenty minutes of daylight, and you're like, you know what, fucking broom doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, have an absolute ripping rest of your day. It's been wonderful to join you. We'll be back tomorrow with another Not for Radio, the Summer Edition. Not for Radio, Summer Edition.